said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And um, well, I hope your weekend was a, a good one. Um, so we're going to start right off with some things that happened over the weekend. And uh, it's not looking really good. It's not looking good for Biden. Biden is not looking good. And I believe this could be the beginning of the end of the Biden administration. And I think this was the plan all along. And uh, I think it's in part why Nancy Pelosi uh, started meddling with the 25th Amendment. And when Donald Trump, right again, always right. Donald Trump's always been right because he's not woke. He's not politically correct. He, He cuts through the filter. And he makes things just real clear, crystal clear. And they said this has more to do with Joe Biden because if Joe Biden, if they were to rig the election and install an insured candidate, they tried to do it with Hillary. Hillary's insured. What do I mean by insured? But you got the goods on there. Everybody had the dirt on Hillary. They could get rid of her at any moment which meant that she would have to do everything you say you want to have done if you're Barack Hussein. Because Barack Obama never served America. He served himself. And what he wanted to do was crush America. And what he wanted to do was divide America. And what he wanted to do was change America. And he said it. Five days before he was to take office, We are just five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Fundamentally transforming is not love, it's hate. You would never want to change your wife, would you? If you wanted to change your wife, then people would ask, what the hell are you doing with your wife? So, it's uh, pretty obvious if you just put your thinking cap on that Obama hated America. He 
understood the Muslim Brotherhood. He respected the Quran, and he spent time in Indonesia and embraced the Muslim culture, which is all fine. I, I, I don't even have a beef with that, but just don't come into my house and start stealing my china behind my back while you're smiling to my face. Don't be a snake. It's no wonder that Trump was right again when he would read that poem, The Snake. How dare we let you in? You bit me. What were we thinking? Barry Satoro, Barack Hussein Obama married to a Michael Robinson? That we don't know anything about? And somehow we don't think that's going to end. We think that's going to just be okay. Couldn't we have done better? And now, you know, just it's absolutely absurd that the Democrat Party picks these American-hating socialist Marxists, radicals, to destroy America. And they don't even, they have the votes. I guess. But they don't have the votes. They also are rigging. They're ensuring the outcome of an election. They did not have the votes against Trump. I was on a train over the weekend, just last night. And it was kind of funny. There was a stoner that was talking out loud. And he sounded just like Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And he was pretty loud. He was cursing. I think he was stoned. And he was a little bit of a obnoxious, right? But okay, not a problem. Everybody was minding their own business. So the next thing you know, he's talking to this dude next to him who's his age and sort of of his like mind, similar. They're both surfers and stuff like that. And so they were trying to get along and talk a lot. And Next thing you know, he starts talking about Trump and how great Trump is. I thought, wow, that's interesting. But this was the Northeast Quarter line. You know, this is the line that goes to Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore. He was going to Baltimore. And this is the line that, you know, it goes to D.C. 98% of the population in Washington, D.C. votes Democrat. And so on this train of liberals, he's talking loudly. And I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of interesting. This is good. I kind of like it. But I wanted so badly to speak up and join his team because I knew he was outgunned. You started to hear these moans, these these idle comments. People are talking under their breath. I wish this guy would shut up. And uh, more than that. And then the only thing that happened, the only thing they said about Trump, Trump's a racist. I wish he would just stop talking. And it got heated. And Trump's a racist. And all these liberals could say was Trump's a racist 
And I so badly wanted to stand up in this train full of Democrats and say, what about the HBC, HCBUs, or HBCUs, the Historical Black College and Universities? What about those? And the extended loans that Trump afforded to them that was a game changer for their bigger investments. What about the opportunity zones where corporations would get tax abatements to if they just made the decision to set up manufacturing jobs in inner cities? What about the uh, prison reform that would help rejoin black families? What about the pardons like Alicia Johnson, Jack Johnson? What about all the friends that Trump made along the way like Don King and James Brown? And those to me are the real black leaders. And I'm thinking to myself, in what universe are you thinking that Trump is a racist. Where did that prove it? Prove it to me. I wanted to say all of that. I guess I'm saying it now to get it off my chest. But the guy was the guy the Trump supporter was so obnoxious and such a stoner and somewhat out of line that it was a bad teammate. I wish it was better, but um but still, nevertheless, I bet you there are a lot more Trump supporters on that train than meets the eye. And this is where this is in a, on a train car with maybe, you know, this is a demographic where the, the Democrats far outnumber the conservatives. And so then the guy says, well, Biden's ruining our country. Right. And of course, she said, the the woman and some other people were saying, Trump is a racist. And the guy said, I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about Biden now. And they didn't want to talk about Biden. And that's what clued me in. That there's trouble in paradise for the Democrats. Because they hate Biden. And Biden is the biggest racist, I think, that's ever walked the halls. Other than the Democrat... Uh, Senate leader Robert Byrd that both Biden and Hillary Clinton endorsed who is a KKK grand wizard literally the last walking grand wizard that ever graced the halls of the Senate of the floor of the Senate was Robert Byrd from West Virginia Democrat the Democrats are full of racists and you know what they love the most the Democrats they love segregation they love it. They love segregating society. Isn't that what they're doing with their vaccine passports? They're segre- Isn't that what Big Bird de Blasio, that socialist radical commie in New York City, isn't that what he's doing? Saying if you um, if you have a va- you you're going to need a vaccine passport to drive into my city. You're going to need a vaccine passport to walk into this restaurant. You're going to need a vaccine passport to get on a plane. You're going to need a vaccine passport for everything. Now he's getting sued by these businesses that are saying, do you realize, dummy, that this is going to put us right out of business? Do you realize that? And do you care? You never ran a business in your life. You smoked pot until 11 a.m. Big Bird de Blasio. And he 
and it's a uh, he doesn't wear the masks himself the way he mandates them to others. He was taking a whole caravan of black Tahoes to go to the gym. And he's the one talking about climate change. So I wrote some interesting tweets while I was on the train listening. And... um I said this. I read this uh, tweet by uh, Lucas Tomlinson. And uh, I guess this guy's from Fox News. And he quoted Chris Wallace. It says, Mr. Secretary, he was uh, interviewing Secretary of State Blinken. He says, Chris Wallace says, Mr. Secretary, does the president not know what's going on? So I can't do it in Chris Wallace's voice. Not that I want to. Chris Wallace says, So Mr. Secretary, does the president know what's going on? And Blinken answers, This is an incredibly emotional time for many of us. What kind of answer is that? I don't know. But I can tell you that the fix, the fix is in. The fix is in. I said this. I read Breaking 9-11 said, Just in, President Biden's overall job approval rating drops below 50% for the first time in his presidency. Believe me, it's lower than that. These are fake polls. These are the best of the best polls. Because Trump, Trump's the one that gets the crowds. Trump the, Trump's the one that people love. And we're going to play some clips of Trump's uh, you know, uh, Alabama rally in just a moment. Because they're a doozy and we're going to talk about it and what it means. I said this, I said, when I saw that Biden's polls were slipping and I started reading that even the CNN is cracking down on Joe Biden getting in his grill, I said, well, they got their they got their talking papers from Obama from Obama about Obama's henchmen Jake Sullivan and Susan uh, Rice are in the Biden cabinet they're advising him on national foreign relations Susan Rice I know firsthand someone went to high school with her said she's one of the dumbest people not a sharp tool in the shed. She definitely did a lot better than anyone could have ever expected. But that's because she's corrupt and she's a liar. Remember how she lied about Benghazi? A senseless video? Everybody knew it. Everybody in the world knew it wasn't a senseless video. And yet these other leaders of state, heads of state, shake their hands and he's a good man. Knowing full well they all lied about Benghazi. Lives lost. They don't care. These globalists stick together. These liberals stick together. Us Republicans don't. Us conservatives don't. That's why we end up with a guy like Mitt Romney or Liz Cheney. Is she a guy? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. Um, and more. Adam Kinzinger. War hero. Not really. So... When his job numbers started to slip below 50% and CNN started trashing Biden. And then Chris Wallace is asking, is he lost his mind? 
And then when Blinken's like, I don't have an answer for that. I was thinking, okay, this is the play. Kamala's off on in Vietnam. She's smiling and giggling, even though they're asking her questions about Afghanistan. Like, she ain't got a care of the world. Who knows? Maybe she don't. I mean, it's crazy. So Kamala doesn't give, you know, she says, let me take, give you a, a note about Afghanistan. She's acting like she's like on, on like a different plane. She's level-headed. She's an idiot who slept with Willie Brown, the mayor of San Francisco, like a call girl, and also went out with um, Montel Williams, walked the red carpet runways. Anyway, Kamala has a 0% likability rating and doesn't, is not, is, not an, is not an intellect. So I have a couple, of, and I'm, I'm saying these things because I have a couple of tweets that are going to cue all this up. Scott, so I wrote this. I said, it's the beginning of the end for any DNC hope for re-election. Because once Biden's numbers start tanking, it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. Because the more Biden's policies kick in, like look at the devastation and destruction he's done in seven months. You think it's going to get any better with the open borders and with his foreign policy the way it is? It's not. Even if they were trying to actually do right by America, they would do wrong by America because their ideology is so radical. But in this case, I actually think that they're going out of their way to hurt America because they want to take down Biden. And I think Jake Sullivan and Susan Rice work for Obama. And I think that Biden reads off of a script. He doesn't say anything at the mic without reading word for word. You could see it when he does it. It's like, are you a robot? Are you Max Headroom? Are you reading this like you can't even you can't even bloviate a little? You can't just go off the cuff off script a little bit? And then you turn around and walk away because you're not going to answer any questions that weren't scripted by George Stephanopoulos? Seriously, is that where we are? And that's the candidate that the media chose over Donald Trump who gave the media everything that they could have ever dreamed, dreamt of? See, this is what I don't understand. How these zombies in Washington are selling out for the job and the dollar rather than believing in their heart of hearts what's right and wrong. Because I know that these, I know a lot of these writers personally, you know, like not, not too well, but I mean, I know them. These are decent people that have their own lives to live. And they're selling out like zombies because they know that either, they know that if they step out of line, they don't get the white, they lose the White House pass. And if they lose the White House pass, their boss is going to say, what do I, what am I paying you for? And they'll be out of a job in a second. And Trump never did that. See, the Republicans don't fire you for your political views, but the Democrats do. And that's why we have this bias in media, in Hollywood, in academic academia. The level of tolerance is insane, and the level of stupidity 
is insane. And the reason why I brought up the train escapade was because this guy was talking about Trump. Now, we listen to Biden all the time in the mainstream media because it's so skewed. These people couldn't hear the name Trump. This woman said, you're going to give me a heart attack. I can't stand that man. He's a racist. This is what this black lady said. She could, and so not only did she make, the argue, make an argument that wasn't even, it's demonstrably false. But that was the only argument she could make. She didn't want to talk about Biden because she knows Biden's crap. And they, they, so then rather than debate the issue with a stoner, they decided to shut him down. They shut him down is all that they wanted to do. They stopped him from talking, but he didn't stop. He ends up getting a phone call. Next thing you know, he's talking to his friend. He's like, these liberals on this train uh, were telling me to stop talking about Trump. I'll never ta- stop talking about Trump. And you could hear him saying that. And they had to take it. And it was uh, their worst train ride, I'm sure. I loved it in a certain re- respect. I thought it was also awesome. Um, but it was obnoxious. And it was crazy. It was a crazy weekend for me all the way around. But I will tell you, they're so intolerant. And they're so spoiled rotten like little babies. Everybody gets a trophy in that lib- libtard world. Everybody gets a trophy. Nobody wins or loses. You're all zombies. It's like Common Core, right? Common Core, you get 10 students. The pace of the class goes at the pace of the slowest student. What? That's not America. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. Somebody's got to excel. This gentrification that the globalists have in mind, where you go to Paris and you'll get McDonald's. You go to Germany, you get McDonald's. You go to Arizona, you get McDonald's. Right, everything's gentrified. Everything's a chain. Everything's globalist. Everything's a multinational corporate, corporate uh, restaurant or or store. And they all do business with. They, they get their goods from China, where they import the the uh, their slave labor from uh, refugees from Syria, or Afghanistan, or Mexico, or through the open border. And that's what the globalists do. But we're losing our identities, people. There's no flavor anymore. Everything is bland. We're all becoming zombies looking at our phones. And the trouble with all of that is it stifles innovation. Because my life experience and your life experience, if they're the same, it's sort of like that climate change. 97% of the scientists came up with the same conclusion. Yeah, dude, that's because 97% of the sciences had the same data set that they were all working with the same flawed data. So 97% of the science, 17%, 17, all 17 intelligence agencies, all 17 of them came up with the same conclusion that Russia, that Trump and the Russians peed all over each other. All 17 of them said that. They can't be wrong, possibly. All 17, are you kidding me? Turns out they were all wrong. Why? All of them got the same Christopher Steele data. Right? That's what globalists do. We're all coming from the same data. They want us to be in zombies in rows. 
like the Chinese military, when they all stand up in a big square and they all follow the same dotted line. Do you think at the end of the day, one of them is going to pop out and be an individual? Not without getting their head cut off. So how in the world then are you going to make advancements in science and in anything else, in music, in art, in you know, paintings, in anything, any walk of life? Our experiences are derivative from different perspectives. Our growth, our advancement, our innovation, everything that's great with the world comes from the fact that we're different. Not the same. But when we go to Paris, they're losing their nationalism. They don't even have a franc anymore, right? That's 20 years down the making. But I remember a day when I was speaking with a French guy, uh, getting drunk with him at a bar, and he was an old guy. And I love this story because it was one of these stories I totally remember. We were drinking a bottle of wine together and uh he was i was always political and he was ta- he was very national national he was na- into nationalism he had french pride i love that about this guy old guy and next thing you know he was saying they want to change our currency and at the time it was the franc and I totally understood what he was saying, that we're going to lose our identity. And eventually someone in Belgium somewhere or Brussels is going to take over. And uh, that's not good for our country. And it's not good for anything. To have a select few people be the puppet masters and the whole world becomes the puppets. It's a sad, sad thing. That's the That's globalism. And to think that somehow you're not going to have a war like George Herbert Walker Bush said, not the war of the jungle. No more endless wars and this and that and the other. No, there's always going to be uprisings. Do you know that we are about to fight back as a nation? I took a picture of the scene in Coleman, Alabama, And so many crowds, the crowd was so big, so many people. And I said, how many people is that? It's almost 50,000 people standing up to see Donald Trump speak. They're so desperate, craving straight talk and truth. All they want is their country back. That's it. I said, if 3% of America, now listen to this, if 3% of America stand up in protest against vaccine passports and what will soon become a social credit score system like what has been initiated in China, we will be an army of 10 million patriots strong against the government and its military representing a fraction of that. 10 million people. Trump crowd is 50,000. Think about 10 million people standing up. Do you think that our military would kill us all? They would not, and they could not. And most of us are armed to the teeth anyway. And they could nuclear nuclear bomb their own country, or they could actually admit that they were cheating, lying, stealing, and corrupt. 
And we could take this country back by hook or by crook. And we'll give them the choice. But one day, people are going to rise up in America like they are taking to the streets in Australia right now where it's just getting absolutely out of control in Australia. They're worse than America right now. So Biden's polls are slipping. This is part of the equation. I said it's the beginning of the end for any DNC hope for re-election. As Biden falls, Trump rallies will carry more significance. Nancy will be pressured to impeach for uh, forcing Biden to resign. Most unlikable Kamala will get crushed. There will be no algorithm in the world to stop Trump 2024. I'm going to read that again. As uh, President Biden's polls start to deteriorate, as the mainstream media starts to hold him accountable for his absolute incredible insanity that's going on in his head, his dementia, and that's a, that's a bad disease, how any family member would put him out there like this. I said it's the beginning of the end for any DNC hope for re-election. As Biden falls, Trump rallies will carry more significance, not less. Nancy will be pressured to impeach, force, forcing Joe Biden to resign. Most unlikable Kamala will get crushed. There will be no algorithm in the world to stop. And if Joe Biden, uh, to stop Trump 2024, and if Joe Biden were to actually see what's going on, which I believe he does, and if he were to then say, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to make this, I'm going to go rogue. If Joe Biden were to go rogue against Barack Obama, what would happen unless he were to lock Barack Obama up? That would be a play. But the theater would be great. Then Barack Obama would release the Kraken and he would release uh, what? He would release all the crimes that Hunter Biden made. You would start to see these Hunter Biden tapes all over mainstream media. You could post them freely and not get censored on Facebook and Twitter. The world would be a different place in America because you would be able to say things about Joe Biden you never could say when they censored you. You would be uncensored. Only when it comes to Joe Biden, but you couldn't say anything about Barack Obama because it's all about Kamala Harris right now. Why in the world anybody would like Kamala Harris is beyond me. But that was the one that Obama chose. She's a puppet too. She was connected with the Jussie Smollett thing. And Tina Chen, Michael Robinson's chief of staff, and uh, Rahm Emanuel, uh, Barack Hussein's chief of staff, they were all connected with that Jussie Smollett thing in Chicago. And Kim Fox adored... uh, Kamala Harris and Kim Fox and Jesse Smollett were at Kamala Harris's and Tina Chen and her Time's Up group were all at the president uh, the announcement to to run for president for Kamala Harris in California. They were all at that event. They're all in this side this thing. And Cory Booker and Kamala Harris were both pushing this anti-lynching bill, trying to insinuate that Trump supporters are not just racist, but they want to lynch black people up by a noose 
and burn them alive in the streets. And so, you know, if you want to remember what happened with Jesse Smollett, he was found with bleach and a noose and a whole thing in the 2 a.m. And he's a bad actor. He botched the whole operation. They were trying to push this legislation that Cory Booker and Kamala were pushing on behalf of Obama. And, it, and again, it was Trump was in office, but still. They were trying to say MAGA country is bad for black people, right? Because too many black people were starting to love Trump. What the hell do you have to lose, right? And the jobs numbers for black employment were just the best in the in history. And so they couldn't have they could they can't afford to lose all that. So Black Lives Matter, you know, was dividing the black uh conservatives from the black liberals. And they were making police the scapegoat. They were doing everything that was anti America. And that's how Nike came in, because Nike was the one that paid off Kaepernick for taking a knee and disrespecting our flag. And Obama was behind that too. How did Obama get a tight relationship with Nike, you might ask? Well, the reason why he got a tight relationship with Nike is because of TPP. They were in bed together with TPP. And Obama did a lot to try to advance TPP and get Nike's sneakers made in China in a much cheaper fashion. But that all went south when Trump took office and he pulled out of TPP. And as soon as Trump did, China did too. He says, if the United States isn't going to be involved, then what the heck am I, what are we doing here? Because it was all about fleecing America out of its money and extending the deficit of trade with China. And that's what China was doing. They were exploiting the radical ideology of the Hussein family, the Barack Hussein, Michael Hussein uh family you know the michael robinson no i think that we used to call him brock and michelle obama i don't know all right globalists have created conflicts to import refugees for decades fighting age males can work a dishwasher farm the land or drive your uber for longer hours at lower wages and there's a bonus to this folks who will be left to defend their homeland's precious metals used to make planes and batteries? Batteries in China, planes in France, the AS, the uh, Airbus 320. I said this, I said, hey, Afghanistan. Or I said, hey, Afghanistan President Ghani fled to Uzbekistan. We have allies in the area who can take every Afghan migrant. Turkey, Pakistan, India, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Egypt, Israel, all are allies we spend lots of money defending. It's time we stop dumping unvetted people here. By the way, one of the leaders of the Taliban is Ghani, Afghan President Ghani's brother. Yeah, you heard that right. How smart are we? So, I said this. Stephen Miller writes, it's easy to hide this stuff or at least mitigate it when everything is scripted, but Biden's scripted presidency just went off the rails and now everyone is noticing 
that something isn't right. Every, everyone is noticing this. I say, could it be the beginning of the Obama plan to throw Biden under the bus once his poll numbers tank and install Obama's hand-picked Kamala? The trap from Obama's puppet masters, Jake Sullivan and Susan Rice, ran the Biden puppet into the trash. MSM fake news is playing their part. They basically give Biden a script. He reads it. He doesn't even know what he's saying. And everybody knows that. I said this, when the State Department fly the American, uh, when will the State Department, oh, I said this, when will the State Department fly the American first, MAGA, and win red flags alongside their liberal lobbying groups flags like uh, who donate exclusively to Act Blue, like Black Lives Matter and LBGDQ. The rainbow flag and the Black Lives Matter flag both flew at the top of the Afghan embassy this year. Should the D.C. mayor offer conservative groups equal taxpayer dollars, uh, equal taxpayer-funded placement around the White House, like Black Lives Matter Plaza? So on the other side of the White House, when are we going to get a conservative Message, or is this just going to be a taxpayer funded? Uh, all taxpayers in DC are going to fund one group, it's a Marxist group like Black Lives Matter that's going to donate exclusively to the Liberal Party. And somehow, if I'm a DC resident, I have to and I pay taxes, I'm going to have to pay that. I don't think so. If vaccines prove to make you more likely to spread or get sick, oh, this is a good one. How about this one? Think about this. If vaccines prove to make you more likely to spread or get sick more easily, will New York City Mayor de Blasio order restaurants, bars, gyms, stores, planes, and concerts to ban vaccinated people while allowing only the unvaccinated to live their lives freely? I was inspired to write that because I watched this Bichelli concert in New York City on TV, on PBS. And her was on a New York channel, and uh, or it was on a channel. And uh, basically, I was um, looking at this, and I, I was everybody that they were filming in the crowd looked. They just had that look of being a liberal, and I was like, oh, they seem happy because they don't have to share the lawn with any conservatives because through the mandates and vaccine passports and the COVID restrictions, they've chased all the Republicans out of the city. The only thing that's left are the radical libtards that love to be controlled like zombies by socialist radical commies. And that's the only people that are left. And they got these fake smiles on like everything's great with the world because we don't have to debate anymore. That's exactly the way it is at the top of the echelon at these universities. You don't get on a tenure track unless you're a radical left. You don't get the Hollywood part unless you're radical left. You don't get to be part of the editorial board at the newspaper unless you're radically left. You don't get front page stories unless you're radically left. It's just the way it is, folks. And it's this intolerance of the left that makes it so. They are so arrogant and they're so intolerant. And they try to say that they're the opposite of that. So I said this, of course COVID is not going away so long as you can rig elections with COVID mandates and mail-in voter fraud where votes will be counted days after the election. So I listened to this. This is um, 
Justin Trudeau. Listen to what he says here. It's absolutely absurd. You deserve better. You deserve a government that's going to continue to say, get vaccinated. And you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. We need to be strong in the decisions we're taking going forward. And we need to put people first, which we have always done. And I'll be honest, you know, like I do, there's lots of people out there who don't agree with that. And the reality is, that's okay. We're in a democracy. People can make themselves heard. And that's part of why we need to have this moment for people to make that choice for the future. The counter to tyranny is democracy, is elections. And that's exactly what we're putting forward because we have put Canadians at the forefront of everything we've done. And we know that's what we're going to continue to do. So I need you, all of you, to keep stepping up. We need to keep working to protect and build a better future together. And that's why I need you to continue to step up. I need you to talk to your neighbors and talk to your friends. Talk to those folks who are still wondering whether they should get vaccinated and tell them, yes, they need to get vaccinated so we protect ourselves, protect our communities, and protect our kids who can't yet get vaccinated. That's what we need to do. I need you to get out there. Why are they pushing this vaccination thing so hard is my question, right? And so basically, it's if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But you don't think but don't think you can get on a plane or a train beside vaccinated people and put them at risk. That's an insane statement. So I wrote a response to that. I said people around the world are saying no to vaccine mandates and the segregating policies pushed on them by globalists. It is an appetizer to a permanent social credit score system, enabling government to control every aspect of your life. They all carry the same coordinated message, whether it's Boris Johnson, Emmanuel Macron, whether it's Joe Biden or anything. It's all around the world. It's Australia. It's New Zealand. It's, it's all around the world that they're doing this. <clears throat> And you got to figure it's the globalist message, and this is what's happening. So I want to. Re- you want you to hear this, uh, Colonel Kemp, former commander of British forces in Afghanistan, calls for a court martial of Joe Biden. Let's take a listen. He served in Afghanistan with the 82nd Airborne, and or no, not the 80, with our U.S. military. So the whole world just became vastly more dangerous. The U.S. government, the U.S. government, President Biden humiliated the United States. He humiliated the United States Army. In my opinion, and I I don't say this lightly, and I've never said it about anybody else, any other leader in this position, people have been talking about impeaching President Biden. I don't believe President Biden should be impeached. He's the commander-in-chief of the U.S. Armed Forces, who's just essentially surrendered to the Taliban. He shouldn't be impeached. He should be court-martialed for betraying the United States of America and the United States Armed Forces. But see, I don't think Biden did betray. I think Obama betrayed. I think Obama is controlling Biden one way or the other. 
Jesse Kelly writes, reminder, the destruction is intentional. All right. Now we're going to we're going to end with the uh, dessert of this show is going to be is going to be uh, Donald Trump and some of his best speech clips. So but I'm going to speed this up a little bit because I want to also play um, I want to play Pompeo. Uh, Let's see. I'm just hoping I have time. I think I do. Well, Pompeo gave a great uh, set of clips. And uh, let's take a listen here. All right. So we're struggling with time here. The most disheartening moment as when he heard the Secretary of Defense say we didn't have the capabilities. Okay, so let's take a listen to Pompeo. All incredibly important analysis. Why aren't we doing what the French government is doing, going in there and getting Americans out the way they're getting their French out? It's been a long week, Maria, but I have to tell you, maybe the most uh, disheartening moment was when I heard our Secretary of Defense say that we didn't have the capability to do that. That is nonsense. That that is nonsense. I'm I'm a veteran. I I know the capabilities of our young men and women. We could deliver just the same way the friends in the United Kingdom are delivering for their people. To hear that defeatist mentality, to say that we don't have the capacity to do that, first of all, it's untrue. What they have not demonstrated yet is the will to do this. I hope they'll find that. I hope they'll find that steel, that resolve. I pray that we get all these Americans home. We have an obligation, a solemn obligation, to make sure that we're able to do so. Secretary Pompeo, before you go, a question none of us want to ask, but I must. Is Joe Biden mentally capable to be in this role at this moment in time? Well, I will tell you, this has been a a really tough week to watch our president just be so disconnected from the reality we can all see. I, I, I pray that they get this right. I hope that President Biden is up to the task Today, he's demonstrated that in Afghanistan, he has failed. The incompetence demonstrated this past week has been tragic. It will have long-lasting implications. I hope they're able to right the ship and get this right. All right, so we're going to, again, speed this up. Um, I'm going to start with this first clip. Mr. Secretary, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks very much for being here this morning. Give us your reaction uh, in terms of the pullout. Maria, thanks for having me on. Look, we were determined to get this right. There were two things that President Trump wanted to do. Everyone knows that President Trump wanted to get our young men and women back home. We began the march towards doing that, but we always knew that conditions had to be right to achieve that. We had to have the situation on the ground right to do that. This administration just willy-nilly with the military out of there, leaving civilians, equipment, all of those things behind. We, we drew down from 15,000 or just over that to about 2,500, and we had kept we had kept the order that had been there. Right? We didn't have this chaos. All the while, we took out 12,500 soldiers. When we got to that point, we went back. We looked at the conditions. We, we wanted to get those last numbers out, but we never found the conditions right to do so. And so we continued to pound the Taliban when they violated the agreement, right? When they moved on a checkpoint or moved in a place that they weren't permitted to, we used American power and made clear to the Taliban that there would be real consequences. What happened here, Maria, is, is you had a leader who was unprepared to do that. When the Taliban pushed on the Trump administration, we pushed back even harder and imposed real costs on them. When the Taliban pushed on the Biden administration, they withdrew to a commercial airport that in no way has the capacity to get our people out of there with the speed and alacrity that needs to happen to keep them safe. This, this is an incompetent method of getting our folks out. It presents real risk. I pray we get them all home. 
but I'm watching today, even now, they haven't yet organized in a way to push American power out in a way to make sure we can get Americans out of the country. So the question was also about Bagram Air, Air Force Base. Um, why in the world did we get rid of Bagram? And that was just a boneheadedly stupid decision. Uh, also, what was interesting is this guy from Parliament uh, basically uh, said that to see the commander-in-chief call into question the courage of men I fought with to claim that they ran... Uh, they ran is shameful. Let's take a listen. When I was decorated by the 82nd Airborne after the capture of Musakala, it was a huge privilege, a huge privilege to be recognized by such an extraordinary unit in combat. To see their commander-in-chief call into question the courage of men I fought with, to claim that they ran, it's shameful. Those who have never fought for the colors they fly should be careful about criticizing those who have. Because what we've done in these last few days is we've demonstrated that it's not armies that win wars. Armies can get tactical victories and operational victories that can hold a line. They can just about make room for peace, make room for people like us to talk, to compromise. To listen. It's nations that make war. Nations endure. Nations mobilize and muster. Nations determine and have patience. And here we've demonstrated, sadly, that we, the West, the United Kingdom, does not. Now, this is a harsh lesson for all of us. And if we're not careful, it could be a very, very difficult lesson for our allies. So he was not reading that. That was just complete, total. And um, so one of the things we're going to play is we're going to play the Trump, my favorite Trump clip of the weekend um, about wokeness. This is the best. Let's take a listen. All right. That's again why I put the patent. Was, right here. That's again why I put the patent. I just remembered it as I was coming over here. I said, get that clip quickly. The people of Alabama understand that clip. Do you think that... Let me ask you, do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. True. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. It's true. Look at what's happening. That's a crowd. (laughs) 
I got in a little trouble. I said that our women's soccer team was supposed to easily win, but they went woke, except for a few of them. I love those women that stood up and they saluted our flag. There were some of them. But the one with the purple hair, she didn't play too well. <laughs> she went woke. You can have her. And they didn't do too well, unfortunately. We want them to do well, but they didn't. But it's true about woke. You just take a look. Everything goes bad. It's really, it's a shortcut to losing everything you have. Well, woke is, is also just so much about political correctness and uh, censorship of speech. That's what being woke is. Woke is political correctness to censor speech. That's all it is. That's absolutely all it is. And this was a great speech. I saw this entire speech. And, uh, you know, there's um, there's five clips here that I wanted to play, and I, I'm not going to have the time to play them today. But uh, I could play some of these tomorrow. They're just so entertaining. I mean, his delivery, his timing. Trump is back. Well, Trump has never left. Trump's never left, but his timing is so impeccable. You know, he took a back seat in Florida, and I think he's just made one great move after another. I was going to object to whether or not they were going to start a uh, third party or not. And I was going to say, that's not, that's futile. And he was smart, and he knew. And then I said, you know, one of the things that Magapac is all about is not starting a third party, magapac.org and buglecall.org. It's not starting a third party. It's all about it's all about um, holding accountable the party that we have. The fact that Ronald McDaniel is still in power at the GOP is bothers the heck out of me. I want to get rid of Ronald McDaniel as like a high priority. I think she's a loser, and I think she needs to go. And I think we need new leadership in the RNC, and they need to show a proper level of respect for Donald J. Trump because he represents the golden goose. I mean, he is, he is the absolute crystal of, of what politics should be in America. It's this political correctness. Just throw it out with the bathwater. I mean, just throw it out. And let's just start speaking truth to power. And and get rid of this political correctness censorship once and for all. But in any case, we're at the end of our show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Radio Just to bury my kids right up to there.